0: intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net.
1: are can you believe it here we're here. here Thursday I wonder if people are excited or they're like oh no it's time again
2: <laughs> I don't think they'd be
1: watching or listening my opinion. <laughs> but but you know Diana what if we just pop up on LinkedIn live and you know streaming and they're like ah oh, here we go again <laughs> do you
2: think like people hate stream us
1: no Kind of I'm am just wreck, saying these. They have to watch. I'm just <laughs> saying these so, so that people can comment and say, no, no, we really love you guys. I'm like, doing like some reverse psychology. You're fishing, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fishing
3: for a compliment. Um, oh my god! No, I'm
1: always excited to be on. Sean,
3: how are you? There's no no fishing going here. I'm going straight to it because we have a really cool friend uh, we've known for a while. Introduction through another good friend, Casey Ellis. The CEO of Bug Crowd and Ashish Gupta is with us today. Ashish, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you so much for having me on again. It's a privilege to be speaking with all three of you.
1: Yeah. This
3: is,
4: yeah. This is good.
1: You said right again because we talked right. many <laughs> times, but this is the first time you're joining us in this little bit of an unusual setting, which is through the tech vine. And you'll, you'll figure out immediately that there is no script. We're just going the way we feel. Yeah. Uh, I think uh I think you'll feel at home, I hope. And yeah. I know you have some story to share. So we you,
3: you feel at home, we we make Marco feel uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> Bring it.
3: The Bring it. good
4: thing is that the introduction on the tech wine actually matches what we do at Bugcrow, you know, getting that human creativity out exactly. through technology to help technology. So I loved your introduction.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I mean we, I think we feel uh, we've been listening to a lot of stories through the years. So we are an ITSP magazine, and and there is a common thread m- most of the time. I would say lately that is about making technology more human, and so mm-hmm. uh, I think we will we, eventually, in an ideal world, we all converge there. So that's yeah. that's what we're trying to do, right, Diana? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're, you're full of uh, enthusiasm today. That's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> it, we were we were supposed to get two feet of snow here on the weekend, and we were all, all right. really excited about it and now they're saying maybe just eight inches, which in New okay. Hampshire in the winter is kind of just regular so
3: yeah no, there, there's not much winter going on here on the east, not, not that I not the level that I was expecting anyway.
4: Well, we had an amazing winter uh, in December. At least we're hoping for oh, yeah. snow. Got 105 inches in uh, mount, uh, in Tahoe. Yeah, I had. Did uh, you get up there knee-deep. much, Ashish? Oh yeah. yeah, I was uh, knee-deep powder skiing. <laughs> uh-huh. Nobody else could make it up because the roads were closed. We uh-huh. were in Tahoe and my kids and I just tore apart the mountain. Ah, uh, nice.
2: You and- a skier or a snowboarder?
4: skier, all skiers, except for my wife, who's a soul porter. Oh, look
2: at
1: that. Yeah. So your kids actually choose skis as well? or?
4: Yeah, they're mogul skiers. Uh, both hmm. girls are on the national tour. In fact, I'm leaving tonight to go to Idaho because they're competing.
0: Oh, and then wow. my son's
4: also joining in. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Wow. And-
3: uh, so cool. Yeah. Proud dad sitting here, that's for sure.
4: I know.
2: I'm like, is there an Olympic ski team? Uh, member in the future, <laughs> do
4: you think? <laughs> well, you know, the house, good thing the is, the is uh, more power to our Olympians going to Beijing because the four men's and the four women's uh, mogul skiers are people that we've known from childhood for their childhood and our kids have competed with them. So we are incredibly wow. proud of our team going to Beijing.
1: That's fantastic. Wow. So, yeah. A close connection. Insider info. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Really cool. What are you doing, Marco?
1: I am looking for a news. <laughs> you're multi, you, you're you're just, uh, very you just threw me, the- me under the <laughs> bus. Mind your own business. No? You at, but you called
2: yourself out because your news <laughs> yeah. is not us. I <laughs> think right. like you were already telling
1: us. Maybe it's a, technology, it's a Spanish technology news. It is. So oh not God. us, then, for something that you don't know. Now exactly. I have to... You know, in this industry, I have this fight with Sean all the time because, uh, you know, all these acronyms all over the places. And half of the time, I don't know what they are. So I'm like, can we just spell the words?
3: It's network address <laughs> denial. I don't know. Yeah. A- so maybe, maybe
1: I'll, find, I'll, I'll find something. That, that there you that go. I don't all know. right.
3: Well, you you keep doing your thing there. We'll have the show on this end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I think you need you need to do a proper introduction I know, I know. to we, our guest.
3: We, we've messed around here. So, go for it. Yeah. So I, I, there's no way I could do it just this time. I just know that what Ashish does uh, professionally is incredible. Um, we've had many conversations with him. Pleasure of meeting him in person a few times. Hopefully we get to do that again soon. Um, Ashish, give, give our audience a, a little background into who you are, what uh, what inspires you both personally and and professionally, if you, if you'd like, yeah.
4: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thanks again for having me on the show. You know, I'm with Bug Crowd. We are a company that uh, is very mission driven. We think about how do we make the digitally connected world safer? And it really comes back to who I am, right? Uh, I've got three kids. Everybody grew up with devices in their hands, Unlike me, who had only paper and pencil growing up in India and uh, didn't touch a computer till I came here to the US when I was 16, 17 years old. But these folks are digital natives and to keep them protected is something that we all should take very seriously. And the thing that was really interesting to me was that we were bringing a group of locksmiths, if you will who understand how digital technology works. They know how to break into that technology, but they've chosen the right path of morality and have decided to take these skills and find these vulnerabilities and submit them to us so that it can be fixed before the nefarious actor can attack. You know,
2: one other thing, Ashish, that's so wonderful um, is that a lot of of Folks now want to get into cybersecurity, and they're, they're really stymied by the fact that the entry-level jobs want three to four years' experience. That's right. How do I get experience Well, I don't, you know, I, I just got out of school? And I am always recommending that they take a look at what bounties are out there, because if you can go out and you can win one of these bounties, then you can, maybe you don't have work experience, but you can show an employer that you certainly have the chops to be able to do the work.
4: Taina, you're absolutely right. We have this uh, concept of university where we bring people in to teach them how to be responsible researchers, right? And then help other researchers teach these folks how to become great researchers. And that whole community impact is massive. And recruiting people earlier is a great way to bring the community in, either from Uh, just new recruits diversity because one of the challenges we found I was looking for a head of sales and I wanted someone with security experience obviously because we are in the security business and what, what I was finding was that you couldn't find people or women who had gotten to those levels as yet because you didn't have people who were given the opportunity earlier on to get into sales and security so I made it a mission That while we might not have a chief revenue officer who is a woman, but we are going to hire women into our sales positions and teach them security because we've got phenomenal salespeople in our security business who might not have had that opportunity. So we said, let's fast track them in. And it's our responsibility as a community to bring the intellect of the entire population, regardless of geography, regardless of gender, regardless of race, to get that diversity and that diversity of thought to do what uh, Sean and Marco are saying is important, make technology that much more human and accessible.
1: Yeah, and, and it's yeah. great to do that when you when you have also the power of, of a business. But the truth is that there is many people, I, I wanna say I'm not gonna be the dark person here today. Many people out <laughs> there that they, they do wanna participate in, in, in contributing and taking technology and many times there is not that equity, that opportunity everywhere. And I think I'm going to your story that that I know Sean was fascinated by, and in particular um, your dad. And so we're gonna get there. So what I'm saying is, you, you don't have to do a lot. You can do just a little, maybe in your community, and and that that's gonna make a difference as well. So this is Sean is my lead to.
3: That's a great this lead, book. and and I'll further teed up for you she's cuz what when i when i saw the post on linkedin i was like okay this is really what society and community is all about somebody recognizing some inequalities or some gaps in in the community achieving its full potential because of whatever the situation is finance or location or whatever it is lack of technology or uh, connection whatever it is and so your dad's done something powerful here and and special. So I, I wanted you to maybe take a moment and and tell us what he's done because I think it really exemplifies the idea that that we can bring people together and and help each other lift each other up. And I don't know if there's a tech angle to uh, to your dad's story, because but anyway, take take it away, she's I want to I want everybody to hear what yeah. uh, what you wrote about uh, toward the end of the yeah.
4: Thank you for the opportunity and the kind words. Uh, I'm absolutely proud of my dad and what he's done you know his mission in life from day one was democratizing access to things and when you think about it he was a freedom fighter during uh, the british rule and he joined the army to help get freedom for india because churchill had said if you go to world war ii we'll give you independence. So he said, okay, I'm going to take my skills and go there. And since then, and then when I was growing up, he always focused on being a contributing member of society. That was his key. He would say that to us all the time. We would go to schools where there were blind children, that uh, they were adopted by the school. And he would stand for hours and give food in those days in the 60s, which wasn't even heard of. And we as kids would just stand right next to him and watch the tears in his eyes, my mom's eyes and the kids' eyes because it was the first time they were getting sweets uh, that were brought to bear. Now, he had the privilege of having these uh, things that he earned along the way. And most recently, about five years ago, he was watching a TV show and he saw a woman, a girl actually, who was being taken out of college because she didn't have money to pay for the exams. So in India, you get free education in a lot of colleges, but you have to pay for the exams. And instead of finishing the college, the parents who had no means were saying, why don't we just marry the girl off and uh, let her start a family? So my dad calls this news editor. And who do you think would respond to a call from some but they don't even know who's a news editor, but the news editor picks up the phone and says, oh, here's all the details, and uh, what, what do you think we should do? And my dad brings his military guys who are retired and sends them over to the village and says that he'll take over the girl's education if the girl wants to go forward with education and ensure that she can get through college, not only the, um, the fees, but also the living expenses, so that she can finish something and become a contributing member as well. Now, the good news is five years later, this girl has finished her degrees. She's gone back to the village and is contributing back and is also making a full earning and keeping her entire family going. Now, this was one story that started 450 other stories like that. So he's got about 450 kids that he has the railway uh, principals, the railway college principals, find children and provide him with the names and their characteristics, meaning their scores and where they are in the education system. And then he pays for all the education. During COVID, interestingly, one of the kids said to him, and he ends up talking to them on WhatsApp all the time and uh, said, that's so great that you're doing the exams, but we don't have food at home. So he changed his entire methodology uh, to now start paying for food for the families as well, because a person who's always worried about food and the children and their families and their parents won't really focus in on studies. So he said, let's solve that problem set too. Interestingly, he's doing all this using his military pension. Not a penny of that is going from the US. He's taking all that pension and putting it right there to work. So talking about the government working with the per- professionals and the professionals working with the community to make the entire community get better. He's got students who have now started working at uh, system integration companies like Wipro after they graduated, working in the railways, making real learning and contributing back. And it's a long tail, frankly, Sean, because all these folks will remember where they came from and they're going to go back and contribute and pay forward as well. So I'm super proud that my dad's doing it. We do it as well because we are proud of uh, our heritage and we hope that everybody who listens here takes some solace in the fact that anything you do can be beneficial and uh, small, big or just personal.
1: Yeah. And and this is exactly why, why Sean told me like, Hey, we have to share this story because even yeah. if it's not really about technology, although I'm sure there was, if we start digging know, maybe there is, <laughs> you mentioned WhatsApp, right? You know, a way to stay connected and maybe 20, 30 years ago, we couldn't have done that. But, uh, but I think that's exactly the thing. Like that little thing that can make a big, big change in, in yeah. somebody. And yeah, you break that circle, right? Yeah, the, as you said, if somebody is worrying. This is about evolution of our society too. Like if you, you start developing artifacts, right? When when you stop worrying about how am I going to put food on the table. So when your primary needs are are exhausted, and uh, that's that's an inspiring story. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, Diana, Just I, I see you're
4: me. nodding. Yeah, I, I know. It's- one quick technology angle to this is that uh, you know I'm very data driven, so. 75% of the kids go into technology. So when they're being educated. Oh, I see, not, okay.
1: That's a good thing.
4: It's not a requirement, but that's what they do.
1: It's their choice.
4: It's their choice because the jobs are plentiful. Um, secondly, about 60% of the students are women because my dad started this in memory of my mother who was a teacher and she's passed away. Beautiful. And, uh, He said, I need to have more women in the working world. And he's made that one of his missions. And it's actually working out really well because all of these folks, boys and girls, have become contributing members of society.
3: Yeah, that never-ending reach from that first scholar, the, yeah, I guess call it scholar, that first person helping them get through the, the exams. One, one step. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better way. And that's why I wanted to have you on. I'm I'm thrilled you were able to join us and, and tell us that story live here in person as well to set the stage for what Through the Tech Vine is about, which is finding the positive in something, keeping it human, as Marco pointed out. And at some point, there's an intersection with technology and the technology uh, helps us in some ways. And and that's what this show's is about is to talk about things that inspire us and uh keep us moving forward as as a well functioning society.
1: And so yes, about news, that. news time tradition. News time. Yep. Diana.
2: Okay. Yeah, I did I just wanted to say I just I I just oh, oh, yeah. love that story, Ashish, and, and thank you so much for sharing it and and to your father and and it's true that the cascading effect we don't hmm. realize that doing goodness and kindness and helping a few people, it's not just those people. It has this wonderful ripple effect where then they help others and they start to pay it forward. And and anytime people are saying, well, what is one person going to make as a difference? One person can make a big difference. Yeah.
1: You you know, I mean, just a quick observation, because I see that happening in in the cybersecurity community, right? I mean, you look on Twitter. I see a lot of people that of every gender and 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 background that, that they may maybe i started like a few years ago at a beginning level now they're at the point where they can start giving back to the community and and it, they're doing it all of them because if you give an opportunity to someone then that person wants to give it back and, yeah. and so that, that's the circle that we that we want to see happen so. yeah true true story <laughs> <laughs>
2: amazing all right yeah very inspirational okay
1: all right so, yeah story time
2: story time what, so uh what's, do you guys this, know what, what's this handle what's this handle we'll, we'll find out it's it's a name, name it's A name of somebody right. who's gonna come in so do you guys know what land subsistence is
1: land subsistence land
2: subsistence yeah anybody know
1: it subsides for land? <laughs>
2: You've got it. It's when land subsides. and I can
1: understand English. I'm That's English. right.
2: <laughs> so when land subsides, what happens? It creates a sinkhole. And there are, are naturally occurring sinkholes that happen when water leaches out for various different reasons and then the, the stone starts to crumble and you'll have, you, you see like a big sinkhole like in a, a, a field, there may be a big, it looks like a big divot and that's, that's a, a sinkhole that's happening. There are also sinkholes that have things like, that, that are called cover collapse sinkholes. And I think those are the ones that when we think about a sinkhole, that probably comes to our mind because a cover collapse sinkhole feels very fast you know, and and very impactful because it'll be on a road and you've got a road where people, cars are going over it. And then suddenly one day it's like, oh, it's a giant hole. But it isn't that that hole happened overnight. What happened was the subsistence was was occurring very often for human reasons, as we want more and more water to drink, especially in urban areas, we pump water out of the earth. So we're drawing the water away from the rocks. The rocks deep under the the road are starting to erode and 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 have uh you know less uh, substance, less strength structurally, and then eventually when we see what looks like oh my gosh the road just caved in, what's been happening is it's been er- it's the erosion and the the lack of structure has been occurring from the bottom up, and now all you've got is this little bit of asphalt. So boom, and that's when you see the car sort of hanging over the the edge, um, but they're scary and they're serious. And hopefully we're gonna be better about our stewardship of the earth so that we won't be creating the the um, the sinkholes themselves. But in in the present, right, for right now, we also need a way to know where this is happening because we can't see under the roads. So it's very hard to, to know where a sinkhole might occur and they can be very dangerous if they occur while people are driving over them. So a team, led by geophysics professor Shimon Dawinski. I think that's how, and Professor uh, Dawinski, I apologize if I said your name improperly, uh, but geophysics professor at at Florida International University has uh, led with his postdoctoral fellow and his students and a team also at the University of South Florida, including Sarah Krause. They have um, led themselves uh, to develop something that would use radar technology, so radar satellites will be able to start to pinpoint where sinkholes are happening, especially in those collapsed covers. So, being able to look down below the asphalt, below the roads, and see where sinkholes are occurring deeper in the earth, so that before damage can happen uh, or more damage can happen, that they would be able to. Uh, do go in and do some kind of remediation to prevent the sinkhole and hopefully prevent cars from driving off of like what becomes like a little micro cliff. So congratulations to the team at Florida International U and the University of South Florida for coming up with this. They happen to be, I guess, more driven than you might be in other areas of the country because parts of Florida are called sinkhole alley.
1: No.
2: <laughs> they're, they're, it's speaking of, of solving a local problem that they, they really are. And so congratulations to them for a technology
1: that can uh, is, help Is us. there is a minimum size of that that, that they can detect? Because, I mean, it, it takes a little one to, you know, make a dent in your car. So I was wondering how how much can they detect how big?
2: I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, with these satellites, they can, they're starting to see things, under not only under the ground, but things that aren't detectable by the human eye. Mm. Um But Don't
1: imagine it got to be small enough. How
2: big does it? it have to be? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how mm. big it has to be before they're able to detect it with their technology.
3: Hmm. I was actually looking at uh, some some places in in Florida, and the reason I one me one reason I didn't pursue that as a destination was sinkholes under buildings. <laughs> If you can remember that situation. Uh, so the, right. I, my question is <laughs> can it can it see not just under a road, but can it see under a building? I don't know, or near or around, or I is think so. Looking I mean, for space or movement of water or what, what do we know what it's detecting?
2: Th- so they're ground penetrating radars that look for um sand or sto- soil flowing into the cavities between the rocks, which is sort of the precursor to going down. Um, so could it have prevented like whole building collapse because of sinkholes I I don't know but or would the building block the radar that's a good question uh, but certainly if yeah. you can see around that building uh, then then and, and on, on road sinkholes
4: yeah you know when I was at Boeing uh, one of the things we were doing was using using remote sensing technology from satellites to figure yeah. things out like this and the analytics around that I'm sure the team in Florida or wherever they are have done a phenomenal job of connecting information around what might be a sinkhole also to what sinkholes are, because that's what our remote sensing satellites could do, which we use to help farmers uh, really figure out what's the right place to put what kind of crop because of the moisture level in the ground to the nitrates that might be there or not, and then see the total environment, but link it all together with analytics. It's yeah amazing yeah.
1: But, but when you said that, you know what I thought about how damn. much caving bacon in tremors you remember the movies? <laughs> exactly. we would have enjoyed this technology with the, <laughs> with the worms coming up and and making holes in the in the yeah, yeah. You no, know, it's probably there like, damn it, a little too late, but
2: we yeah. need to create our satellite <laughs> and satellites yeah. <laughs>
3: Kevin Bacon. So, Ashish mentioned farming and you said bacon. So, I'm all, I'm all about the food.
1: Oh, God. I did, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> please change your <laughs> last name. <laughs>
3: exactly.
4: Yeah. So, you know, my thing on, around farming, you know, India is a 95% farming community, community, like when we were growing up. Now it's become very techy. Um, but the meeting of technology, and human society is incredibly important, right? Just like Diana just talked about, technology meets human society to ensure that you don't drive your car into a sinkhole by mistake, right? It's uh, interesting. We actually, uh, again, it seems like talking about my dad a lot, you know, he did a lot of refrigeration, refrigeration and air conditioning projects. In fact, he represented India at an international level. And one of the technologies he brought to bear was, um, how do you get milk from the villages to the urban areas, right? India produces- You send the oh, cow. Yeah, you send the cow over. There's a lot of cows all over Delhi, yeah. but yeah. we produce more milk than we can consume, but those children 20 years ago didn't have milk available to them in the cities because the milk was getting spoiled in, uh, in uh, the villages. There was no way to refrigerate it. So my dad came up with this technology with uh, Sobi Sun Ice in Denmark. And the beauty is that we just inaugurated uh, the second decade of the technology being there and the success behind it. If you don't mind, can I talk about that a little bit?
1: Oh yeah, please. yeah, yeah.
0: Please.
4: So basically uh, they put in solar refrigerators and I repeat solar refrigerators, not to create electricity, but using solar power with a catalytic uh, reaction using ammonia to cool down milk. Now you can think about it. It's in a village where there's no electricity Mm -hmm. and you're able to collect all this milk from the different villagers in a cooperative, cool it down to four degrees so it can be pasteurized because four degrees is pasteurization. Now you can ship it for an hour, hour and a half so that you can get closer to the village, uh, from the village to the city. Then you do the same thing again and you move it again. So it was called Project Flood. And we put these solar refrigerators all around the country, started off with milk, now works with vaccines, kind of related to the whole COVID situation as well. And uh, allowed us to, create a flood of milk coming in to the cities. And Mm -hmm. the best part of it is created a multiplier back to the farmer who now had a way to sell the milk, do things like education, improvement of the farms and things on those lines, which they previously couldn't do and the benefit of others where they could now drink milk because of the solar technology that was deployed to cool milk down.
1: I have to force myself in, which I do quite a bit, because I, I said when I'm I have to force moved,
3: myself over you, because
1: <laughs> try yeah, it. Go.
2: Duking it out
1: here. <laughs> Mine is going to be super quick, because it's it's just following on what Ashish said, which is, I, I I was reading this news exactly doing the same thing in Africa. There is this company that does micro solar grid. Mm-hmm. And they were bringing these stories of how, because of the long distance and because of the the lack of refrigeration, it was like these people, for example, going to get food to bring it to the village, resell it, make a margin, and at the same time feed the village. But they couldn't really bring the food they wanted because they couldn't refrigerate it. So they had to get dry fish, for
4: example, which
1: cost very little. And, you know, and people wouldn't want to even pay much for it. But then the moment that they could create this microgrid just to feed, you know, the energy to that village, then all of a sudden you have a refrigerator and they can bring in fresh, fresh food, including milk, probably. So
4: exactly right.
1: Breaking it down. You don't need the big project. Sometimes it's the localized solution that that can help. That's my news. I'm done. (laughs) See
2: ya. <laughs> That's great. You did it. There,
1: there it is. <laughs> there it is.
3: No, I, I, I was I was just going to say quickly that, I mean, this story like completely resonates with me because I, I grew up on a dairy for a while. So I know what, what it takes to run a dairy and keep it functioning. And then there's a whole distribution of of the results of the, the cow's work. Um, <laughs> and the fact that you brought this story of technology that – isn't just technology to serve a company <laughs> it's a technology that serves people mm-hmm. and communities and and regions of throughout india it sounds like and yeah and elsewhere especially with with uh, that we transition it to uh vaccines and stuff it's even bigger bigger impact but the fact he brought it to food and dairies and tech i mean i'm i'm in, Complete joy here. <laughs> That's,
1: if you're talking about food, think about all the food that another part of the our society, you know, where we have too much, we throw it away. Mm-hmm. So if we could yeah. put it in a circle where we could, you know, all right, this is leftover. We need to we need to give it to those that don't have it, but we can't because it's gonna go rotten by the time you get there. I mean, I think technology can help here, right?
2: I did. Have- that question about UHT right ultra high pasteurization and creating shelf stable milk is there a reason not to have done is that more expensive than this the solar process or is it just it just doesn't taste as fresh like what's the
4: yeah the I think the thing for us was what was the energy required to get it okay to right uh, because we did have dry milk um, and I'm talking yeah. about 25, 30 years, right? Sure. Where I, you could... I
2: drank powdered milk as a kid. Yeah. And that's what my grandma gave me. So, exactly.
4: The fact that you could get the same kid some fresh milk. Um, and, you know, we used to have a saying uh, that, you know, I don't want to get this milk from a mechanical cow. Because we had these things called mother dairies in India. And mother dairies were where this milk would go in. And then you'd put in a token, put your glass underneath or bottle underneath it. It would fill. And people used to say, I don't want a uh, mechanical cow or a steel cow to give me milk. But when you tasted that milk, it was just exactly the same, right? And uh, that was, uh, I remember even working that project because again, my dad said, hey, we've done a lot for you to educate you in India, and then you go to America to go to college and you don't come back. You need to come back and contribute. So, you know. My dad's a huge personality, but also very respected. And so what did I do? I became an intern, went back to work on this project. It was one of the most amazing things to see a child take that first sip of cold milk and the satisfaction in their face, right? And it all happened because we brought technology, human ingenuity, and what on. Natural Earth gives us just made it more available.
1: Absolutely, I
3: love it. Now that's let's let's shift gears. I mean, I'm just gonna soak that in and uh, drink a tall glass of milk. <laughs> you're gonna
2: marinate in it.
3: I am. Um, it's milk
1: bath. It's gonna bath. Yeah. <laughs> so Was not Cleopatra that used to do that? I think so. There
3: you go. Yeah, I remember. Going straight to the tank, opening the, the little spigot and getting it straight straight from yep. just came from the cow to the tank. Um, did you
2: ever get it straight from the cow though?
3: I have done that too. So it's okay. warm though. <laughs> I like I like the milk cold. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so another reason I like the the tech story. Um that that story there, uh Ashish and, and even yours, Diana, are, are kind of pockets of we're looking at something specifically, and, and, uh, and it's impacting certain folks, and we're helping communities, and yes, it spread across India and whatnot, but I think you have a news story that kind of touches almost everything. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> um, in, in Log4j, uh, what, what's the good in that <laughs> Log4j? And, and for our audience who are listening that aren't cyber folks and not uh, tech folks, what, what is a Log4j?
4: Yeah, indeed. Like uh, about uh, a month, month and a half ago, time flies nowadays, uh, there's this open source technology called Apache software. And then specifically there's some libraries in this open source technology that uh, can be used to get access to information that we don't want people to get access to. And interestingly, uh, this was found, I think it was in early December, It was deemed as what's called a uh, zero-day vulnerability. That means it could be used to do something very, very nefarious. Uh, The cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency called CISA, which is part of DHS here, put out a warning that this was a massively important thing for people to fix. Interestingly, in the last month, month and a half, we haven't seen as many takeovers from this technology if you will and this vulnerability if you will but what we feel is that it's super important to keep this in mind as you go through and build your security roadmap which is why i want to bring it here it's much to what diana just said with the sinkholes and what the government believes and what a lot of the cybersecurity experts believe is that because this equivalent of a sinkhole was found in the technology Uh, there's some nefarious actors that might be waiting while all the other tooling is, uh, and the state of emergency is at high alert, uh, just waiting for that to subside so that they can start making attacks happen. So my request to all of your listeners and others is that when you're thinking about Log4j, just because we haven't seen it come in and hurt people as badly as yet, there's people who are waiting and probably putting themselves in these sinkholes ready to attack. And it's very important to go out and fix this major cybersecurity challenge that's out in the world right now.
3: It touches touches almost everything, which uh, (laughs) is is the real challenge.
1: Which is also, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. a very quick comment for the everyday people is that there is a similar situation in, in our everyday life. You know, when you see a patch on, a, on your phone, and I think Diana here with, you know, your everyday cyber, you know, uh, update it. Because it, even if they haven't used it, it doesn't mean that it's not gonna be used in a month from now, if you don't actually take action for it. And that goes for every IoT device or changing your password or anything like that. So to bring it down to, to the everyday yeah. user. Yeah. That's,
2: that's such an important thing to say, Marco, and uh, it's true. I, you know we always say like if if the developer is asking you to install the patch, install the patch or the update, you know because they, they didn't just push it out to you for fun. It's because there's some really good benefit, and very, very often that's a security benefit.
1: But I remember when I, you know you were getting the new operating system on or the update on the iPhone is like I, people think it's just to change the look of it. With right. the functionality. Right. You know, the, right. the, the security is such an afterthought that now it does it come through because I like, oh, patch like 12.1.3 and then point one point four like why? It's not changing anything. No, it is. It's, it's in the back.
4: <laughs> so the good thing is just in our household, we had calculated that we use about 35 of my customers' technologies in our day-to-day world refrigerators, I can't give you the names, uh, networking devices. On, spill the beans. Cars, <laughs> you know, electric switches, computers, obviously, mobile devices. So across, and I told you that I want to have my, my world secure as well. So when a patch comes in, I have a direct connection in some cases to what was submitted and why it was fixed. Obviously, you can't talk about it. But to your mm-hmm. point, Marco, it's super important to
3: update yeah. these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's, I'm, I'm going to switch to, I'm going to switch to my news because it's, sure this is, <laughs> <laughs> I should have called myself patch as my handle. That would, that would fit as well. So I, I chose clearly my, my tech and it was tagged. Hashtag tech for good in the Twitter post that I saw that it's a Twitter post that there's not much detail underneath the hood here is a little video but it's a smart contact lens that uh helps you helps you (laughs) see directions and get uh important information Uh, so it's too much work Marco to look down at the watch that's showing you the alert for your meeting you want it to pop up over your own retina on the on the digital retina in this in this uh, it's like the movie Yeah. it is like the movie yeah so right. evidently I'm not as excited uh, about
2: that I thought it was gonna be a lens that because you know when your eyes get older you can't yeah. focus up close is, as much so not a medical I it was lens be
3: that. A social media lens not a medical lens that that's, I may have that's what I was
1: lens. hoping too. Uh,
2: okay uh, then, I don't know if I want Twitter on my Right, right
3: in front of my cornea. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Twitter and, and meta. It, why wear big, heavy goggles when you can just jam this thing in on top of your eyeball?
1: Well, you know, that that's that's a different story. I mean, yeah.
3: Clearly, it's a good story.
1: Clearly. Ah. But, uh, so as it is now, you're talking about just the visual interface. I mean, I don't think you can interact unless you're... I mean, is it Elon, Elon Musk's like talking Like Google about Glass? It, yeah. Like Google Glass, but it's
3: in like a, a contact lens? It's like a Google Glass
1: in a contact
3: lens, yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. And, it,
3: and the video, this little, it's like a 30-second video. It doesn't say anything about uh, being responsive to uh, to the way your eyes move or whether you blink or... And doesn't mention anything about properties of measuring the, the moisture in your eyes to detect potential health issues or density mm. or whatever. I'm, I'm, yeah. making stuff up here, but it doesn't mention any <laughs> of that. You're adding
2: stuff. all these features. I'm adding
3: all the features <laughs> it doesn't have. It can tell you, turn left here. <laughs> right.
1: Make a user watch, because watch, watch, because watch your, your watch. Vibrating to let you know you have to turn is not good enough. You, no, watch, you want it in your it, eyes.
3: You want it in the eye. Yeah. So yeah. it was presented as tech for good. I, I don't know. I, I always, find it easy to turn to the medical space for some of these types of technologies where if a, uh, a, maybe not uh, a surgeon is wearing them and can see something uh, without having to turn to a a monitor to look at it, they'd see it in one eye while they're operating on something. I remember when I was working for a mobile company, we we were working with airlines and they were talking about, the process of building airlines and some of these spots are like really tiny to get into. And, and if you can make your way into the spot to start ratcheting away at a bolt, the last thing you want to do is work your way out of that spot (laughs) to, to, to read a diagram. So if you can, if you can see the diagram, what, which bolt goes, where, if you can see that. So I can, I can see applications for this, but uh, But, as, as as a social media thing.
1: But can Uh, you, can you see something that, can be done that has to be on a contact lens because that's what <laughs> freaked me out the most. It's like you know it's very intimate and you know you get yeah. infection, you get a lot of stuff. Compare with wearing glasses where, where the interface is just just your glass. So that's why when you said the lenses, I, I went there with Diana, I'm like, okay, this must be for the health yeah. of your right. of your eyes. So
3: that would know. be smart. That, that would, would be, be great. Yeah, and so may, that, those may exist, but these are not them.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I think you can actually get, there's like IOL. you can get some replacement of the lens, but I'm not sure if it really helps people to see very up close and very far away, especially if they have bad vision. But although I'm researching it, cause I'd be very interested in that. But with yours, I just go to Google glass and the people that had Google glass. And I mean, other than that they could take photos like that I think that people just were not getting the, the. There were all these wonderful videos showing what people could do, and then they're like, you know, I don't want to see the a browser inside of my glasses. It was too hard to use. It was kind of too. It interfered too much. And I feel like, although any contact lens could give you an infection, I feel like now we're taking what didn't work in Google Glass. They weren't heavy. They were pretty light, and now we're putting embedding it even closer. <laughs> you know, now it's not just on your face, and you. Can, but now it's in your eyes. So I do kind of wonder if it didn't work on Google Glass would it work in in a lens and I'm thinking I don't know. maybe
3: not. Were you, not- a, were you an early adopter Ashish did you have do you have glass?
4: Yeah,
2: were you a glass I reader?
4: did I did have a Google Glass uh, thing because I was in video conferencing for a while. Uh, I'll tell you the one thing I kept hearing about with Google Glass that this lens probably removes is that whole thought process of how is it going to look on me, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think style and fashion.
4: Style and fashion, right? Mm. Initially, oh, yeah. it was stylish and fashionable that I had a Google Glass. But then it was like, now I'm wearing this thing and I look like a cyborg. And I heard these words from different people. Uh, and yep. maybe this lens solves that because it's not intrusive to the inherent look. And then my take is that this lens is working with the optic nerve to give information in a way that can be consumed that much faster. You know, I've seen it in movies and, you know, the (laughs) doctor is walking around, immediately gets the information in their eye on the X-ray that was taken, not through this lens, but that was taken, but the input was given right there. So as they're going in to do an emergency procedure, boom. They've got the information. Or if
1: you are a, a jet pilot where you want this the, the information on your, you know, on your eye or a Formula One pilot. I mean, where you really need to get into exactly. that. You know what? What you said about the Google Glass. I, I was reading um, a lot of articles that they were saying one what you said, one of the reasons why it really didn't work is not because it was a bad idea. It's just that it, it's being received by the population as something that it was kind of weird and so it wasn't really maybe the right moment maybe it wasn't the fashionable thing because there was that intrusion in your life like sure we have camera in our phone but you can see that you're pulling out the camera or your phone yeah. and you're filming a video but the, that had like kind of like intrusion in everybody's lives. Like, yeah. is that camera on or is off? It's are you filming? Well, it, were, it was creepy. You'd see
2: the the glassware do that, and you're like, yeah. oh, I know what yeah. they're it,
1: doing. And yeah. people then just went away from it, so they never really embraced what the, the advancement of the technology was. Yeah. So that that would be interesting to to see what happened next when the new augmented reality glasses are coming because there are other companies now doing that.
3: Yeah, Facebook has the Ray-Ban glass.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. We talked about that, about the, yeah. the, the Ray-Ban uh, and, Google so and Facebook.
3: It's, yeah, that's a whole other story because kind of to your point, you, you don't even have to see them. I'm sure you can just talk to the glasses and,
2: and Is say, technology? Re- record,
3: record that person uh, doing something funny yeah. so I can post it to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah. See, that's creepy. That was creepy with the <laughs> last. Time.
2: But is it is the technology small enough? Because we have to have some sort of power source. We uh, have to have a way too. to yeah to render. And, and also, there's got to be communication. Right? You've got to have some sort. It's of, like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or something so that it can get information from the internet. Yeah, and that's they that's don't, that's have, the wire, for they don't have the
3: wire. They don't have the wireless down yet. So I think it's a wired. In your eye? <laughs>
2: what,
1: you're doing. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: I
2: think he lost us there. <laughs> my eyes
1: are scratching enough. You <laughs> actually have to plug it in the wall, so <laughs> <laughs> the range is... You know,
3: it's RJ45. I'm, right, I'm going to
1: put my virtual reality tablet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like but that, RJ45. That's, that's a big cable. That's <laughs> yes. funny. It's like, you know, it's content license, but they come with a battery this big. You have, you have to put it on your back.
3: Right. No, that, that's back why back I asked, it looks like brain. the helmet that you put the beer cans in.
1: That's the opposite of an unintrusive. If <laughs> yeah. if, uh, if Elon Musk was involved with a narrow neur- link, where you can actually command everything you need yeah. to do from your brain, but yeah, the power source, that's a that's a good, uh, good point.
2: Maybe the energy of your eyes blinking. Maybe right. <laughs> you could use yeah. that, like
1: your I've tears, noticed. because you can never <laughs> remove it, so you're just that's sad right. constantly.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Well, you I mean, know, that I'm sure that there's a there's an application for it somewhere that's super useful.
1: Oh um, and, for sure. Uh, I mean I can imagine the best application will be to give sight to people right. again. Yeah. That I'm gonna go back with Diana to you wanna give me smart lenses? Yeah, they they resolve a medical problem. Yeah. I, I don't think I need that extra. You know, and again, what is driving this technology? Yeah. It's just like a gizmo, or is really resolving a a medical use product? case? Yeah.
3: And a lot of yeah. times, yeah. some of these things are proof of concept with the with a grander vision, right? So they want to prove they can put a miniaturize a display onto the lens that somebody puts in their eye, and then the next step is maybe the reverse, taking information from the eye and and then maybe augmenting that. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it's the first step toward toward that. Or maybe somebody else has the other tech, and I just didn't come across it.
2: And they just have to find each other.
3: That's right. Yeah. It.
1: The, the convergence power. of technology. It's the
3: power of the many. Like
2: they need to make a crowd.
3: Community of technology.
1: That's exactly right. Community yeah. of technology. There is a really good book. I I, I probably uh, it was about innovation and and, and the the main the main premise was the fact that each technology needs other technology to reach that, that point of feasibility, you know, and there was a ton of example, like, you know, how fast the computer can be or how, um, you know, how powerful the electric battery can be in order to create the electric car or the electric airplane and so forth. So it's a combination of everything that needs to be at the same, the same time. And I think this episode came pretty well together. I had a great time. I know. And uh,
3: different different perspectives made a fun, made for a fun time. Clearly.
4: Totally. You always do such a great (laughs) job of keeping (laughs) it interactive and interesting, and bring humor with technology and humanity into everything. So thank you for
3: doing that. All all luck luck whatever, it is, whatever <laughs> happens here
1: <laughs> and you know what we we have fun I, i'm never gonna stop saying this i i always look forward to this and and with diana and, and sean and of course when we have uh, you know a guest and we're not yeah. you know the, the kids without friends yeah, that's right we, we're very excited so thank you Ashish, yeah, su-
3: super grateful for, for you joining us today yeah, yeah.
2: For and for all. all that you're doing yeah. thank you
4: absolutely thank you so much
3: really diana, good to home. see you marco something <laughs> uh, you know, I love you, brother. Next week. All right. Same time next week, everybody, through the tech line. I'm going to take this out. Good well, everyone.
0: Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Tech Vine podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels.